millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to the Media Podcast. I'm Matt Deegan. On today's show, the media bill is back, but what's changed? We'll tell you all you need to know. Also on the programme, Boris Johnson heads to GB News, Jess Brammer to the top table at the BBC, and a new radio service appears in Gaza. All that, plus in the media quiz, we set the record straight. That's all coming up on this edition of the Media Podcast. In the news this week, the Daily Mail's bid for The Telegraph is focused on the broadsheet's potential in the US, according to Press Gazette. A DMGT says the paper's existing subscription model could strengthen its own business. The Middle East crisis continues to present issues for publishers. This week, United Agents head of comedy Kitty Lang stepped down from her role for a series of tweets that she described as naive. And then later this week, cartoonist Zoom Rockman parted ways with Private Eye. Uh, the magazine released a statement on Thursday that we spoke to Zoom at length yesterday. He did not approve of the last issue's cover and no longer wishes to contribute to the magazine. And The Economist has placed all their audio shows behind a paywall. All that is, except for The Intelligence, their most popular show. Its director of podcasts, John Prido, said that a subscription-based podcast strategy will become increasingly common following tech changes by providers such as Apple and Acast. Now, joining me at the London Podcast Studios are two free-to-air media commentators, public service pundits, if you will. First up, it's media writer Maggie Brown. Hello. Hello. I gather you've been wined and dined by the BBC this week. No, not particularly. They're having a big Shakespeare extravaganza. That's the basic thing. And I went to the Globe and... Uh, there were just a lot of people who you occasionally bump into because they're very grand. So it was a very useful um, event for me. And I I was very pleased, actually. There we go. And alongside Maggie, we welcome back the entertainment director of Heat magazine, Boyd Hilton. Thank you. Uh, You've made it very clear you need to be gone pretty swiftly. What are you trying to get to? I've got a 6.30 screening um, nearby of um, a film called Next Girl Wins, which is the which is a kind of comedy, drama, fictionalised version of the documentary of the same name about the American Samoan football team trying to get into the World Cup. Right. And it was a lovely documentary, a great, and, and I'm very much looking forward to this film version, uh, directed by Taika Waititi, so it should be, you know, it should be decent. And what have your screening highlights been over the past few weeks? What should we be looking out for? Uh, I've seen a lot, quite a lot recently. There's a thing called... All these things are embargoed, of course. Mm. You're not supposed to talk about them, on, on, but, you know, I mean, what can they do? <laughs> uh, I saw a thing called Boat Story this week. Which is from the the um, the Williams brothers, who did the Tourist and mm. um, uh, many other things, and it was it was uh, if I wasn't wasn't embargoed, I'd say it was very very good. And what's that going to be exciting. on? BBC One. It's going to be on the Ooh. BBC One in a, a linear of weeks. TV channel. A linear TV channel. 
Yeah, Sunday, Monday coming up in a few weeks' time. Well, long maybe, long maybe. I know. <laughs> Flourish. I know. Well, uh, speak, speaking of that, uh, King Charles is set to announce his first King's speech to Parliament on Thursday, and within it will be more information on the long-awaited media bill. This has been ruminating for quite a long time. Maggie, can you remind us what's in it? Well, yeah. what might be in it? We don't well, know whether it gets in, gets included, do we? Well, I, I think that there seems to be a quiet air of calm around the broadcasters, I would say. And I do think that it is in the bill. But, of course, events happen. I think the key thing that we do know about is that it's been accepted that the public service broadcasters, ITV, Channel 4, all the rest of it, should basically um, be given prominence on whatever guides of the future bring to us as viewers and this is a a security uh, guarantee to some extent I mean you can't make people watch anything but I do think that that is pretty much um, you know signed and sealed the things of course which they the other thing which I I, I, we can discuss here because it is a big move and I was not initially in favour of this but Channel 4 is is going to get the right to not just commission programmes it can make and it can keep the rights to the programmes now we're not sure how much of its if there's any uh, a, a figure put on this any percentage but at first I thought it was a really bad idea because as we know Channel 4 was founded and began in 82 very much as a commissioner only and of course it has actually fed uh, this incredible growth in independent production well, one, one of the questions is always you know they make these programs famous uh, they pay for them initially yes. and then the production companies go off and sell them around the world and they they just get an they make a millionaires. thank you yes. Yes. well i think it's what i actually think is why i changed my mind really is that it's quite clear channel 4 does need bolstering on and it is purely at the moment dependent on advertising and a few other things films of course if they make a, a hit film which they do from time to time so as I started looking back over, and remember, I wrote my second channel for really a, a history which sort of ended in 21, 22. I was very much caught up in the final, you know, bits of COVID affecting everybody. And as I, I thought about it, I was thinking of all the, the problems that have led to Channel 4 having quite a weak schedule, mm. including programs I just cannot watch, which are basically sponsored programs. There's a lot of sponsorship going on. Now, it, it, it matters because we do want the best quality we can possibly get from a channel like that 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 has a lot of freedom if it if it chooses uh, to to exercise it and have, has of course you know produced a lot of really good original both work and stars. So from that point of view, I was worried during the long debate about um, privatisation that if I said anything about it particularly apart from saying the status quo is a good idea, we would actually be alienating one of their huge supporters, which is, of course, the production sector. But now I think that this is the time to actually free up Channel 4, and I think we'll have a... I think that is definitely going through. What was what's interesting me, though, too, is that if you've been, and I have been, listening to a lot of the debates going on in quite high places, there's a definite sense that there... That the, the government wants a strong public service mm. broadcaster and broadcasters, rather. And I do think that they're operating now in a much kinder and understanding regime, despite, you know, attempts to say what is impartiality, what is this, what is that. I think that there's, um, there, there's it definitely. Does, it does seem sort of much more benevolent. Benevolent. And also the fact is that 
however you you look at it you do have to have your own national broadcasters or whatever content makers whatever we want to call them and i think that to go back to the shakespeare season which is happening when it starts un- unraveling properly next or sorry going on air and, and 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 also being released we'll see again the bbc doing things which only they can do i mean for example uh they're, they're going to be digging up or showing shakespeare plays including one that was made a hundred years ago yeah. so so what do you think of the current culture secretary uh, Lucy Fraser, mm. I think she's terrific. I think she's literally one of the best um, ones I've seen since the Conservatives formed <laughs> a government in 2010. When you actually look back over these past 13 years, you can see the damage that has been done. When you have a hostile government, BBC funding down 31%, S4C, the Welsh Channel, you know, 36% and struggling. We do need um, We do need people in government who actually... Cherish the mm. BBC as not just people like me. Um, so, Boyd, I mean, one of the plans for the broadcast. So, Boyd, one of the plans is that the broadcasting code will start to apply for some of the streamers, or as they talk about it, the largest, most TV-like VOD services. Mm. Uh, do you think it's going to affect Netflix? Or are they sort of complying anyway? I think they're sort of complying anyway, aren't they? Um, I mean, Netflix and Prime Video and um, Disney Plus, all these. All the streamers, they don't really go for the kind of controversial, newsy-type coverage that, you know, a channel like GB News mm. or or whatever might might end up, you know, being more challenging for Ofcom, unless they suddenly start, you know, commissioning, um, I don't know, ex-Tory prime ministers to do chat shows or something like that. It doesn't seems, seem like a high-rating strategy no. at the moment. No. So I can't think... I mean, i tell you what is interesting about often about the streamers about Netflix is they they do they kind of do their own rating of of, of their you know shows so yeah. they'll kind of slap a twelve certificate oh, know, okay. yes on yes, yes. on a, and and sometimes I think oh these gone pretty these shows can be pretty edgy yeah. I wonder whether Ofcom might end up slightly getting involved in that kind of thing um, which probably would worry the those those streamers but I don't think there's much content to use that horrendous word that everyone now officially hates. Um, that would that should trouble Ofcom too much. Right now, yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, Maggie, uh, one, you talked a little bit about TV and getting on the EPGs and the public broadcasters. Mm. Well, they're actually expanding that potentially to radio as well, aren't they? Yes. Uh, and allowing or sort of instructing the sort of Amazon Echoes of this world uh, to make sure that uh, public service uh, or licensed radio can appear on uh, devices as well. Yes, I mean, I'm all in favour of improving access wherever you can um, can achieve it. Uh, one of the small things that's worrying me, though, because I, I live uh, quite a lot of the time in Wales, is that uh, whatever happens, that we do have to understand that there are parts of rural and remote parts of, of the UK where it is very difficult to uh, both... Uh, to access I mean often one's reduced to long wave (laughs) (laughs) and and it's not that it's not that people don't know about it it's just that the whole of the media business is really driven by urban centres and I think that that does have to be um, considered I'm also quite alarmed but not totally alarmed about the state of the Welsh language broadcasters Um, people forget really that it is not uh, just a a broadcasting or a media issue it's it's a social settlement with um a nation as they call themselves a country so um we do have to have a consideration for that they um are losing a little bit of their edge it's partly i think because 
of, of some of the changes in distribution and their they they were doing actually quite well when they were um, able to reach Welsh speakers across the UK, not just mm. in Wales. That has come into a bit of a, a difficult period. So I'm, also, isn't there some leadership trouble? There has been leadership troubles, and there's been a bit like Channel Four, uh, where there's been pressure to ensure that you are commissioning not just in Cardiff, but mm. so they have another base in Carmarthen. Uh, and they, of course, have this tense relationship with the BBC as well, which is now funding them. So there's a lot of um, tension around. On the other hand, we've seen them make very good bilingual dramas, and I'm sure mm. Boyd would, would agree with me mm. on this. Yeah, that's been a great growth area. It's a really clever idea that they filmed these shows in, in the Welsh language and in the English language at the same time. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, they've mm. done very well. Yeah. But you see, they don't have a listed um, event in Wales like we have for other mm. sports, even though they have well, arguably a very good rugby team. <laughs> and they're, they're, I, I'm very pleased to see one of the one of the big new commissions they've got is for a, a, a rugby show to take uh, kids from the streets and turn them into... Superstars. Superstars, maybe. Uh, 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 some other news from Channel 4. Um, Ian Katz, uh, the programming boss there, has asked Indies to think big as he announces the return of the contestable fund. Uh, boy, this is funded by Group M Entertainment, isn't it? These are sort of the people behind like the Love Island format and they've got their hands in, or their fingers yeah. in a lot of TV pies and they obviously continue to want to do that. Yes, they're asking for indie ideas too bold for other broadcasters, um, which I think is obviously exactly what Channel 4 should mm. be doing. And right from the start, you know, it, it, as Maggie will tell us, mm. um, that's been their remit, really. So it should be, it's kind of a reminder. But I do think they need that reminder. I think, as you alluded to, Maggie, before about, you know, the current schedule, it, it does feel... I mean, people have been saying this for mm. 30 years, but it does feel safe I yes. think it's fair to say you know with and they haven't had any new hits on the top no. 10 for a little while well Not they needed many. another sort of um, it's a sin didn't they they the needed sin, something yeah. like that Derry Girl I mean that, yes. you, you can think they are like they have a kind of huge big highlight mm-hmm. in, it's only in the scripted world comedy and drama mm-hmm. every year every couple of years yes. or so I think at the moment it feels quite at the moment like their drama offerings seem to be mainly English language versions of all to present shows, right, that, you yes. know, and that, that, that I think there's another one of those coming along quite mm. soon, which doesn't feel very daring or bold. Mm. Um, so I welcome the whole idea. I quite like to see. I might pitch, you know, if they do a dramatization of how Nadine Doris tried to privatize Channel <laughs> Four, uh, this woman who didn't um, literally didn't understand how the funding of it worked. I quite like to see that turned into. There'll be a classic Channel Four turn turn the Channel Four's recent victory mm. over Nadine Doris into a drama. I mean, it's uh, got, maybe like bring back a kind of comic strip presents. Yeah. That would that Perfect, be, exactly, yeah. Good. You see the Comic Strip Presents version of that story. Yeah, Boyd, exactly. yes, pitch it. I might pitch it, yeah. Okay, uh, if anyone's listening. It's a first media podcast uh, from the Commission yeah. Hub. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got to, um, got to get a Group M to like it, I suppose, as well. It's got to have international... They'll love it, Group yeah. M, you know. They're, they're quite bold and daring and, yeah, Do all you those think words. that the Bake Off is getting a bit stale or, or not? Do you know what? I have, I, I, I've always loved Bake Off. I find it's just a, it is a relaxing mm. format. And um, even though, funny enough, last year it did have, there were various controversies about it. It seems to have settled down. I think Alison's doing well. So it's inherently, you can always say these formats are stale. Like any show that's been going on for that long maybe feels a bit stale. But I think it's fine. I think, you know, the fact it's got, they refresh the presenters or whatever every now and then. I think, I think it's fine. It still does pretty well, doesn't it? Are you watching Bake Off, Maggie? No, I'm not. <laughs> no. Uh, no. I've, I've, I'm. To be honest, uh, I've been 
pretty much concentrating on news and current affairs. And, of course, there's been so much sport, and I live in a household of <laughs> sport-mad people, and you have to take a decision. Are you going to actually go along with being interested in sport, or are you actually going to go and sit in another room and watch mm. another I mean, thing? it does raise an interesting point for linear channels, or traditionally linear channels, about mm. having uh, live programming or things that the streamers sort of can't compete with, and there's definitely been a lot of leaning into that by some yeah. of the channels. Well, the streamers, the streamers do are showing more and more live. So, mm. I mean, Prime Video still has a couple of big, days weeks of Premier League football action they show all the games in, in various weeks and that's, that's there's another coming up soon before Christmas I think one another one of those events Netflix I think had its first live golf had kind of pro celebrity oh, yes. golfing thing so I think they're all looking into that so, so I think live sport isn't safe from mm. from the streams not that we should worry about it too I thought you know Prime Video's coverage of football was perfectly fine Maggie, we've been discussing the commissioning slowdown over the past few months from kind of all the channels, but there's been a bit of disquiet about Channel 4 and how it's dealt with some of the indies. Um, Any of that being fixed or uh, is it still in the doldrums? Well, I can't say I I really know Mm. because... What I think is going on is something else. I don't. I think Channel Four has had a lean period. It's now got, as far as I can see, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure whether their decamping to Leeds is working or not. And then, of course, they have another co- two commissioning centres. And so, I, I, I just don't think it's quite working as it ought to yet and it may be you know that there needs there's been a lot of turnover of commissioners is that that growing pains of leads and obviously they've just Mm. lost or they're about to lose steph's pack lunch from there it was sort of quite an anchor commission well it was but it's it's two hours in in the day and i when it began of course what happened was that the i I mean it it was sad really but it's quite a brave idea to try and do it for two hours and it, she was completely hit by COVID. Mm. So so Steph McGovern had a time off and then they relaunched it again. And the people behind it are, are very professional, but I have tried to watch it. And I all I can say is that it, it never really, in my opinion, um, justified Boyd, its just, Oh, I liked it. I, I mm. think it's a real shame they got rid of it. Yeah, it's, it was. It felt like the slightly, slightly edgier, slightly younger version of it this mm. morning mm. or whatever. Sort of like, echoes of light lunch and yeah, lunch a and bit. But I liked the gang. It had a kind of real gang mm. quality to it, you know. And I, 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 every time I watched it, I enjoyed it. I, mean, I wouldn't say I was, I'm a religious uh, follower of it. This morning is still my... Um, uh, preferred more daytime show magazine show of choice well, but well, Ian, I, I Ian, do, yeah Ian Dale was spreading rumours on the media podcast the other week saying that um, Steph McGovern might be off to the one show yeah I wouldn't be surprised mm. that'd be good I mean, she's such she's a fan whatever you think mm. of, of Steph's about lunch she's a fantastic broadcaster mm. I mean you know knowledgeable incredibly natural like there's an absolute you know some some presenters have a kind of suddenly turn it on when mm. the camera goes on she's absolutely is like that you know as yes. you see so I, I i think you know there's loads of shows that, sh- that could uh, could attract her would she's very her. experienced as a broadcaster yeah. at live mm. television remember mm. this is really the trickiest thing to do and i agree with you they they did improve it by having a gang as it were around her uh, there was a lot technically thought you know that they they could polish up and go with but I don't, I, it's two hours is a long time. It's probably an, a very expensive commission. Why do you think they axed it? Well, apparently it was just uh, too expensive for the that you audience. know for the audience. Yeah, I mean these things are probably more expensive than you think. You know, mm. you have, there's a lot it's of big team. Yeah, there's big team on all these shows. Um, so, 
I think that's the, that's the simple reason. If it was if it had more viewers and was getting more advertising, despite how much it costs, there, you know, they could probably put repeats of you know more repeats of Frasier <laughs> yeah. at that time, yeah, that, I think and it would probably yeah. do just as well. Is it? Is, you know, that's the unfortunate yeah. thing about it. And just before the break, uh, Jess Brammer, who led the changes at the BBC News Channel, has moved up to become Charlotte Moore's right-hand woman, according to Broadcast Magazine. Um, uh, I think Jess has been on maternity leave, is about to go back to the BBC. She sort of set in motion a lot of the changes to bring together uh, the two news channels. Um, a tough job. Um, why do you think she's uh, decided not to go back to that one? Well, maybe she just didn't get on with Deborah Turness, yes. who's actually running it. Um, and But I would say, from my own experience of what the, the, the big weeks think at the BBC, um, they're very behind Deborah Turness and mm. her approach. Uh, and they like, I mean, she is a hugely experienced um, executive. They like what she's doing. They're, they're happier with her, I think, than they have been with previous or in previous times. And I think things like, you know, the fact-checking and the kind of change of pace that has occurred in some of the news programmes, given that they're under this tremendous pressure. I mean, this is one of the things that is so sad, that the, the news really has been messed around at the moment and the news channel isn't working properly. We all know that. Hopefully it will but to, to when i'm talking about the damage done to the bbc our global uh, broadcasting side and 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 the world service is really um such an important aspect of the bbc as well so i do think that, that we have to remember that there has been a terrible period of uncertainty and a lot of big names going on the other hand if we get uh reporting good terse, factual, on-the-ground reporting from uh, a new wave of BBC journalists who aren't thinking all the time politically but are thinking about how we do this in the most accurate way possible, in clear language, informed, telling people what they need to know... Uh, even if they don't think they want to know. That's what we want from the BBC. We want trust. We don't, it's, this debate about impartiality is a very sterile debate. It's not the way normal people think. They want to be informed and they want it straight and they want it from a correspondence and people they respect. I mean, Steve Rosenberg is a very good example of this, but there aren't maybe enough of them there. Well, also they need output, don't they, to be able to, to practice. Do. And you can say that a more international domestic news channel potentially mm. gives them that opportunity. It's been a bit of a difficult transition though, hasn't it? Oh, Moving yeah. BBC World mm. to BBC Oh, I mean, news honestly, it, it's still, it feels very amateurish still, mm. that, the, the news yeah. channel now. So you compare it to Sky News. Mm. I mean, I've, I've been watching quite a lot of both this week with the um, coverage of the... COVID inquiry and it's shocking how and it almost feels like a point is being made that this is what you this is what happens if you're going to yes. limit our this budgets. is what you're paying for yeah you're going to end up with a more amateurish mm. service and that's it's really, a very really good fit. take that's I mean it does feel that way to me yes. um, as for Jess Brammer I mean why would why would you why would you go back to the poison chalice yes. dealing with all this new yeah. stuff when you can have a lovely job as Charlotte Moore's right hand woman and by mm. the way I think Charlotte Moore needs a huge amount I think she does a brilliant job yeah. I think she my dealings with her I, I, I hosted an event recently which she took part in she's such a kind of honest down to earth you know knowledgeable person I think I, I would I would love to be her right hand person I mean, she, I mean she's responsible for a, a ridiculous amount of stuff Correct. I mean just having coping with your direct reports yes. uh, around that you've got yes. radio at one yes. end all the channels iPlayer content it's a lot all the content all yeah. the content it's a lot to do she's it's a very warm personality she really, I, I, she's honestly, a human yeah. being she's always 
polite. She doesn't uh, come across as an arrogant yeah, person. Completely. She's, a, she's a proper person. She's a real person. Normal person. And, but well, yeah. the reason I think it's worth pointing out is because mm. they're quite rare at the upper <laughs> echelon <laughs> of TV exactly. broadcasts, I have to say. And, and she, she, yeah. she's, yeah, she, you're absolutely right. And I do think that it, uh, attitude and also love of the BBC, mm. um, all those things uh, feed in and, and produce somebody that people want to work for. It's not actually that hard. But it is a very hard job. Uh, time for a break. We'll be back with more media news after this. Hello, media podcast listeners. This week on The Two Mats, well, what, what did we do, Matt? We went to see uh, the esteemed, famous provocateur and philosopher Jordan Peterson speak to his flock at the yeah. O2. What a night, eh? It was incredible. And we, we've got views. We have views. Which won't surprise people who know us. Nope. Find out all about what happened on that night and also what we think about Dominic Cummins, etc. at The Two Mats with me, Matt Kelly. And me, Matt Dancona. Find us in your podcast app right now. There's a link in the show notes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello again, Maggie and Boyd are back with me for some stories in brief. Uh, Boris Johnson is coming to GB News. Uh, starting next year, the disgraced former Prime Minister uh, will join as a presenter, programme maker and commentator, according to Deadline. Um, Boyd, hmm. great for GB News. What a come down for, the, for having been the Prime Minister. Yeah, if he'd gone straight from hosting Have I Got News For You... <laughs> To this, that would have been fine. It's just well, the it saved a lot of hassle. It would yes. have saved everyone a lot of hassle and um, pain and misery and embarrassment, etc. That would have been fine. Yeah. So it's kind of, I'm, I don't really care about GB News at all. It doesn't. I, it's so. I mean, with it, in my opinion, it's so pathetic that it feels like the right home for him mm. among you know the conspiracy theorists wing of the Conservative Party or the right wing kind of general right wing polit- political and Nigel world. Farage and I mean Nigel <laughs> Farage I mean I include him very much within that <laughs> core grouping um, so it, of course of course he's going to GB News mm. you know it's like of course he's going to the Daily Mail to write completely inane nonsense for them and now he's going to host completely inane nonsense is my prediction for GB News it was an interesting thing because he's not probably doing 
sort of loads and loads for them. We're looking no. at his slightly badly recorded selfie video announcement oh, of terrible. it. Uh, and obviously they'll kind of wheel him out and, and pop him up for things. Mm. But I imagine an expensive investment, but totally on brand for them. Completely on brand. Mm. And, you know, yeah, he'll, he'll just give, 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 the, give the whole channel, I guess. And if you're, if you're that kind of person, mm. an air of, not respectability, an air of, Good old-fashioned excitement, but it feels to me that the Boris Johnson. I think there's. I see. A, in fact, I saw when the announcement was made. A lot of the the more right-wing kind of libertarian mm. end of the GB News audience, which I think is a big element of their viewership, doesn't like Boris Johnson anymore because they think he imposed the lockdown. Or yes. he did impose the he's lockdown. He's not right-wing enough. Yeah, he's not right because of, mainly because of the lockdown and the you know mm. they, they, these these mad people think that you know. Um, Injections have, have resulted in yes. in in the redefining of social of people's well, he, lives. Well, Boris Johnson talk about um, having a hairdryer up your nose to get rid of COVID. Yeah. Sort of right. Trump shadows, all of that yes. nonsense. So he, you know, he's he's not in that crazy wing mm. of the of 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 conservatism of right wing politics. So, and obviously, the, but and everyone else doesn't like him either. If you're even vaguely, you know, left to centre, mm. then you find him a ridiculous figure as well. So I'm not quite sure. Um, who he's going to appeal to particularly mm. but it does give the channel some kind of air of importance I guess to have an ex-prime minister but it's also mm. an election year that he's mm. coming into and yeah. that's where he's going to cause the most trouble and that's why they've got him I mean this is going to be uh, denouncing whoever he wants to denounce or attacking whoever he wants to presumably <laughs> Rishi Sunak yeah. we don't know so it's it's not it, it, it's actually a pretty good stroke if you're GB News and you're investing in it um, but uh, for the rest of us like you know Paul Marshall the, the the billionaire person who's backing it with other people I I think uh, I think he'll probably go too far and um, or he won't he I don't know. But Paul Marshall sort of needs to give GB News uh, a sort of air of traditionalism to have a better chance of perhaps getting the telegraph well, he may do. I mean, and he wants the Telegraph. The, the the point, I suppose, is that GB News, as we know, has a number of Ofcom complaints against it. It's it it's not that um, it doesn't have some some decent broadcasters on it. Although I'm afraid I I just I'm not a natural listener to it. But they do not make any attempt to really um, balance out, which the others do. And so it would be, I mean, one of their biggest um, boobs really was just having um, like-minded people interviewing each yes. other. And that doesn't come across as um, a public service broadcaster. They still do that. I, I watched and 10 they still I, do it, yeah. I watched 10 minutes of it today just because I was, thought yeah. I was coming on here. I mean, they really and are they, Fox News, really. They, they are. They had they, a discussion yeah. about teachers possibly striking or, or, mm. or complaining about being forced to wear uniforms or something like that. And they basically had like four people agreeing with each other and one court, poor guy in the middle who vaguely disagreed. <laughs> and that's their version of impartiality. And they've been warned, you see, but they of go course. on doing it. Yeah. So but they kind of, half the time, it's such a, it's, 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 there, is, there are grey areas, aren't there? So half the time, mm. they kind of get away with some of those. You are perfectly allowed in current affairs programming to yeah. have people from the same party yes. interview people from the same party. Yes. And it's that balance of, yeah, they're not a news channel, they're an entertainment channel, and nothing wrong with being a targeted mm. entertainment offering and is doing 
if you compare it to other news channels, it's potentially doing quite well. If you compare it to other entertainment channels, well, obviously not doing very well. Uh, but if it caters for that universe... Yeah. Is it still in the ratings? I haven't checked. I should have checked. Is it still doing better than Talk TV, etc., now that Dan Wooden's gone? Yes, it's still doing better than Talk TV. Uh, and also, it's at some points, particular sort of average points of general TV news, it can exceed BBC as well, because it's got a consistent audience that are there yeah. uh, every day. Uh, the BBC, of course, are rolling out um, a new uh, news service uh, to Gaza, BBC News Arabic is going to be produced out of London and Cairo and provide listeners in Gaza with the latest information and developments as well as safety advice on where to access shelter, food and water supplies. Uh, Maggie, it's for an hour a day currently. Uh, is this an important service for the BBC to provide? Oh, I think it's essential, yes, um, because you do need a trusted voice and there are people out there who um, pr- probably don't have, if, if they can get access to it. I mean... It's a little, a small good deed in a very, very nasty world. Hmm. And it's what the BBC and the World Service end of things should be doing, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think it's brilliant they're doing it, really, because, you know, they actually could have faced criticism from some... some I'm sure they still will. And I'm sure they still will Hmm. from some ludicrous people, but um, it seems exactly what they should be doing, and and just, you know, whoever decided to do it needs to be commended, because it's going to be really helpful if you're in that extraordinarily dire situation Uh, okay there's just time for the media quiz uh, this week entitled setting the record straight i'll quote a statement to the press published after a particular news story you tell me who said it and about which story so buzz in with your names if you know the answer so boyd will say boyd and maggie you will say maggie Uh, let's play setting the record straight Right, a poll should not have appeared alongside an article of this nature, and we are taking steps to help provide... Oh, Maggie, um, yes. Who, who uh, <laughs> did um, that response? Well, uh, that was um, The Guardian. They um, had a, um, a story about a, a woman, a water polo a woman, age 21. I think she was in Sydney, and um, she was murdered. And they they just ran the story because obviously they have a big Australian side to them, and um, Microsoft added an an AI poll with three options about how they thought she might have died. How people, I mean, talk about utterly tasteless, Ooh. utterly horrible. Um, I mean, quite evil, really. The brave um, new AI publishing well, future. Well, it's a very Boyd. yes. Terrifying, yes. I mean, that does, it's a very good example of yeah, untrammeled, just let, let people have a, because we can, or let people have violence on the air, or horrendous. But know. also, isn't it, it's one of those things you look at and go, well, of course they've got a, a, a poll system, because that's easy, isn't it? That's an easy yeah, thing to absolutely, do. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, read this, create yeah. a poll from it. Yeah, no one uh, check it. No one, yeah. no human being involved at any point. <laughs> just uh, turn it out. Yeah. Uh, so, Maggie, you did pick the right story that you did say it was The Guardian. That was Microsoft's response. Uh, they said it should not have appeared alongside. Mm. So, oh, I, well, do. I so, think half a point. Half a, half oh, a well, point. I, I guess enough. that's fair enough. But, I, I, but you're absolutely right. It's, it's, a, it's an example of how things go wrong. Uh, okay, so uh, looking for who said this response. The sketches in which the character makes references to the appearance of a race of a series of people is intended to expose and ridicule some of the outdated prejudices and racism that's void. void. This is Ofcom, isn't it? Is uh, it Ofcom? Well, the statement's from, not Ofcom, it's oh, from... From the BBC. It is from the BBC. Uh, similar yeah. to Maggie, I get mm. half the point, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, this is people found, have found an old sketch in Little Britain. Mm. Um, which I assume is all on iPlayer. It's all on, in, on iPlayer, yeah. Some, well, some of it, some of it mm. isn't. Um, with with a racist character making racist remarks mm. about to an Asian person, and people have 
seems to have avoid, to not realised the context that it is about race, taking, making fun of the racist character. I mean, mm. there's various... Matt Lucas and David Rounds have apologised for various yes. racist elements of Little Britain back in the day. I don't think this is... This is absolutely not an example of They've one. already got actual ones. This is maybe yeah, not a real one. absolutely not... This is fine. This is yes. making fun of a racist person. This is absolutely acceptable. So it's... it's someone's just misunderstood. I mean, Mac, it's one of the challenges of sort of video on demand, isn't it? And sort of dredging up series from the past. You do get some... Uh, some things that are entirely unacceptable and also some things that maybe don't work in the light yeah. of... Well, day. it can't all be only fools and horses, can it? I mean, it's going to obviously uh, reflect changing values mm. and uh, how society has developed from one state where something is acceptable to being completely unacceptable. I mean, I, I've been to see this film, Pressure. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a, a remake, well, not a remake, there's been a re-release of a, a, a film made in 1970-odd about... Uh, it's all black actors, mm. and it's about the uh, way in which um, the first wave of the next generation that had come over mm. from the West Indies was treated. And so it, it's in a kind of pre-done-up um, uh, Notting Hill. And that isn't so long ago to me, mm. and it is absolutely shocking when you when you actually... And, it, and it's, it's based on true, mm. I think, uh, experiences. So you can see how things move on. Now, that's an extreme example, and that is a film, of course, which has been now brought back into a kind of circulation. But no, I, I actually don't think that Little Britain... Um, is going to wear particularly well. Mm. So it's the incredibly high-scoring half a point each. It's on, <laughs> on to the final one. Who said this? Uh, the complainant denied that he still owned a home worth £2.2 million in London, although he would not explain to the committee why this was inaccurate. The complainant also said the article was not balanced or fair. Oh, this is... This is Maggie, sorry, Matt yes. Hancock, yes. Um, now, who did he say it to? Oh, it was the Mirror. He's been furious with the Mirror. And um, he keeps bringing um, complaints against him. He seems to be a multi-complaining person. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> That's probably the nicest thing we can say about him in multi-complainers. Yeah. Well, I'll give you half a point for that because uh, it is the Matt Hancock story, you are correct. Uh, the comment was from Ipso, uh, the people oh, he's been... Yes has oh, a hotline yeah. too to complain oh, and I most see. of these have been uh, dismissed it's hugely powerful press regulator <laughs> yes they, yeah. they decided that a newspaper could describe Hancock's home as a love nest <laughs> I mean on what yeah I mean who's advising him that he decides to complain about the love nest reference I mean come on I mean, that's absolutely absurd isn't it and are you not watching him as a SAS in, star at the moment in between his appearances on reality TV yes. he managed to find things to complain about I've watched the clips of him <laughs> I can't I can't put myself through watching the whole thing of SAS who does wins, I have to admit. But the clips have been excruciating enough. And he has one, of course, the most embarrassing moment of the COVID inquiry so far with this revelation that he played a straight bat and actually mimed having a bat and someone bowling a ball at him during the COVID crisis. Well, again, looking for the re Channel 4 reconstruction of that. Yes, that would yes. Be, uh, I mean, you can't make that more absurd. The yes. comic strip presents couldn't make that more absurd than yeah, it really and, and this afternoon, they, they, the, the evidence was, uh, was being taken about how he actually was almost volunteering to decide who would live and who would die uh, in, in the COVID crisis. I mean, it, this comes across as so crass. And if you remember, he also was a culture secretary for quite yes. some time and, and you know, deliberating over the future of uh, Channel 4. Fortunately, he was moved on. 
but well, um, they always are. Yeah. Not, yeah. Ten to twelve months. Uh, that's, that's how right, long yeah. they survive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations to Maggie Brown. You're our winner with one oh. point. Uh, congratulations. This is, this is history. Congrats. I've never won before. Well, congratulations. Uh, you get to lead uh, our format sales uh, operation uh, to Channel Four <laughs> and to the new content fund. Sorry, Boyd. You've been bumped okay. from that. That's fine. Uh, my thanks to Maggie Brown and Boyd Hilton. Boyd, where can people keep up with your work? In Heat Magazine every week. Um, uh, the Pilot TV podcast every week. If you're an Arsenal fan, footballistically Arsenal, the <laughs> podcast. I mean, yeah, endless amounts. And Maggie? Well, actually, I've got a chapter coming out in a book which is being launched on Monday, and um, it's uh, reporting the climate crisis. Oh, lovely. Well, we'll look forward to reading that. Uh, thank you both. Thank you. And that's it from us today at the London Podcast Studios. Remember, you can get 25% off your first booking when you use the code MEDIAPOD at thelondonpodcaststudios.com. That's MEDIAPOD at thelondonpodcaststudios.com for 25% off. And please tell your colleagues and bosses about us. Send them to podfollow.com slash the media podcast who knows it may even get you a race uh, my name is matt deegan the producer was matt hill with support from ollie pitt and maya cedarland it was a rethink audio production i'll see you next week when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.